Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and today my guests are Mark and Annette Anderson, and I'm so excited to share what they have to offer with you. They have a really unique perspective on how to find the beauty in your brokenness and how to overcome shattered parts of your life and move forward and how to to see the beauty and the purpose in those things. So thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you for letting us join you and your audience. We are happy to be here. Yeah. So how did you come about this idea of using a metaphor with pottery of how to bring healing and wholeness to your life? Well, you know, our life has been interesting. It's been a journey of, of happy things and really some, some sad and, and hard things that we've, we've all had to go through in life, right? Ours isn't unique in that way. We all have trials that we get to overcome and, One day I was preparing to speak to a group of women at our church, and we were talking about feelings of brokenness and and self-worth. And I was as I was preparing, I kept thinking about just this broken vessel. And soon I started relating myself to this broken vessel. And then all of a sudden I had this, this image of our son who had, we just had his 10th anniversary of his finishing his his race here in life and going home after a long battle with a brain tumor. Mm. And he loved his scars. And when I started looking at him, you know, thinking and visioning back and thinking of how proud he was of these scars. And then I started thinking about my own scars and how I hid mine. And I couldn't, I thought, what was the difference? Why was he so proud of his, yet I was ashamed of mine. And as I, as I just pondered, as I studied the scriptures, as I began to reflect a little bit more, I recognized the difference. And he, his was all about overcoming what he had faced, what he had overcome, And the reality was, so was mine. And as I recognized that there was power and beauty and strength in my scars, just as his, and I felt this healing balm, and all of a sudden, things shifted for me. And this really, this this healing just came over me. And no longer was I afraid of anyone seeing my scars. Or, or ashamed. Or ashamed yeah. of anyone seeing my scars. And that, um, that time when I spoke to these women about the specific topic, I have never seen them relate so much to any message I had given before mm-hmm. as they did that. They all could relate to their personal scars. Yeah. And, and when we got looking at the pottery and the kintsuchi and putting it all together, it was with this precious metal. And as we related this metal to 
the precious metal that, that heals us and mends us and the precious blood mm-hmm. through, through Jesus Christ, that's really when the healing took place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that we learned about Kintsuchi as well is that uh, when the pot is actually put back together with this uh, gold bond, it's actually stronger than it was before. And so we thought that uh, the uh, Kintsuchi was a great metaphor for us personally, because how many times in life do you know that someone is going through incredible hurt in their life, yet if you look on Facebook or their social media, everything is rosy, everything is great. It's because we don't like to show our scars. And we learned a lot about our son and about uh, precious scars and the fact that it's okay, because from those precious scars comes great learning and Great, great wisdom, uh, because we have been able to be put back together. What does life teach us to do? When we break something, what do we do? We typically throw it away. Throw it away, yeah. But with Kintsuchi, we, we learned just how important it is. And, and, and to add on one thing that Annette uh, said there as well is when we first started doing this Kintsuchi, our objective the very first time was to get this done as quickly as we possibly could. We, we broke the pot, which was kind of weird in itself because <laughs> yeah. breaking something that was in great shape. But we broke it and we quickly tried to put it back together. You know, it was a disaster because it didn't go together right. It had all jagged edges on it and everything. But through time, we've learned that the key to mending anything, whether it's a broken pot or ourselves, is to be able to take the time that's necessary, use the resources that are necessary in order to put it back the way that it was intended to be. Mm. Yeah, there's so many powerful metaphors in everything that you shared. First of all, I, I want to say I'm sorry for your loss, um, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm grateful for how you have found blessing through that trial and through those those additional scars, and how you're you're now sharing that with us, so that we too know how to deal with our scars and to find strength and healing and hope in our difficulties. So, I know that's not. A road that any parent would choose and yet you've you've found the blessing and the beauty and that brokenness as well so yeah thank you you know we we often share as we're discussing different things together and the things that we have learned and who we've become quite honestly because of those experiences mm-hmm. and we would never want to go through it again but we would never trade it yeah for who we have become and the things that we've learned and the love that we have now. And not that we didn't have love before, but now it's easy to look at someone and to see their pain Mm. and to be able to let them know they aren't alone. And we don't have to experience the very same things to be able to have that empathy and to share that love and the tools of healing and mending really are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And, and they go across the board, you know, Mark mentioned as we, you know, broke this, this piece of pottery, which is all a part of our course from broken to beautiful, that mm-hmm. they actually get to go through this. There are things in our lives that we do that may, you know, break us a little bit mm-hmm. unintentionally or intentionally. And, and so it's just another visual of what happens in life. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things are dense, a lot of scrapes and bruises, some broken bones, some things that really shatter us. Mm-hmm. And and through 
this, you know, through the taking the time and building a relationship with with Christ, through that we can mend mm. and we can find joy and be whole and be stronger than ever before. Yeah, I love how it's put back together with those ribbons of gold running through the cracks. It's not just glue. You know, when oh. when I try to glue something back together, I want to hide the glue even. You know, you talked about hiding the scars. I want to hide the glue and pretend like it's whole, you know, like it never broke. But, you know, you're adding beauty and, and you mentioned strength as well to that by by putting it together with the gold. That's really fascinating to me. When I was researching and, and doing some studies, I was I Googled broken vessel just because I'd heard this poem and I was trying, I couldn't remember where it was at. And I just was thinking, Oh, I'll just Google it and it'll come up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was first introduced to the Kintsuchi mm-hmm. because it came up as, you know, broken vessel. And I was so fascinated. It, it just, something just hit me and I thought that's how I am. But as we studied about it, you know, they take months months to to repair their their artisans Mm -hmm. and it really is enhancing that portion that was broken Mm -hmm. and and bringing out the beauty they want it to be seen and i think in life if we would you know not going around telling everyone hey look at me but not being afraid you know we're not sweeping everything under the rug like Mm -hmm. past generations past generations Mm -hmm then that's how we can help one another. Yeah. But I think that there's some, uh, some wisdom in, in how this is done as well. And the fact that even after you put the first piece back together, there's still a lot of grinding. There's still a lot of mm. sanding. There's a lot of things that need to be done to it so that it will get to what we envision it to be in the future, which is a choice and a precious vessel. And, and it's so, so I, I think that sometimes in life we get to this impression that, gee, you know, I, I just want this done. I want it over with, and I want to be this versus right. this. And the resiliency that comes in life comes as a product of having these types of, types of experience. You know, we sometimes pray, we sometimes wish we didn't have those experience. We, we wish that we wouldn't have lost our son, but it, as Annette said, the things that we've gained, the, the, the blessings that we've gained as a product of going through that uh, refinement have been, have been so important. I think of, uh, I, I have a lot of Old Testament heroes, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of, a lot of prophets in the Old Testament. And one of my, my heroes is, is a Daniel. You remember the story of Daniel and the lion's den? Well, what we need to always remember is that uh, God didn't save Daniel from the lion's den. He saved him in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have those kind of experiences in life that uh, put us in the lion's den. And it's going to be all we can do to find the resilience that we need. But our message to our, our friends and those who listen to us is, is that uh, resilience does come. It doesn't come overnight. And sometimes it takes an awful lot of refinement in order to get to back to where we feel like we need to be. Mm-hmm. So in this process that you described, there's a literal like smoothing off the rough edges after the brokenness is that there is and Mm -hmm. it's something that as we look at each piece in in art therapy this is a real thing that they do in art therapy Mm -hmm. 
and and they you know they take each piece and they tenderly clean it off you know and they they label each piece as maybe to an experience or they're a different broken piece of them and and then they you know they they even journal about it they 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 allow themselves to feel it I know so often in life, I just, I didn't want to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I wanted to push through things because the pain was too much. Well, we need to feel a portion of this pain. We need to, that's how we're going to get through it. That's what creates that resiliency. Mm -hmm. That That's what creates the beauty really, as we understand what this represents. And that we're able to feel the good yeah. as well as the bad. Right. Yeah. I think that's so key because I think our tendency as humans is to try to escape pain or try to numb it. But what I found, because I did that for many years, is that by numbing the pain, like you said, it's also numbing the joy. Like I, yeah. it, you just become kind of flat and there's maybe less lows, but there's no highs either. And so um, I really think that the Often the deeper our pain goes, it increases the amount of joy we have in just simple things that we used to take for granted. Absolutely. So that was a very long answer to a very short question. <laughs> so um, can you describe a little bit of the process? Like if someone were to go through the, the course with you and, and do this pottery exercise and try to, to find the healing in their brokenness, how does that work? We have found that a lot, you know, life's experiences are our greatest teachers, right? Mm -hmm. If we allow them to be. And as I started looking at my life experience, and as we, we began to talk more about this whole experience, because this course came out of this healing journey of ours. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we recognized was that, and I recognized this early on, I didn't know who I was hmm. when, when our son had passed away, you know, several months later, our youngest son went off to, to the university hmm. and, and Mark traveled a lot with work and I'm home alone now. And all of a sudden, you know, I couldn't bury those feelings that I had tried for so long. And I'm thinking, well, who am I? I've lost sight of who I am. You know, I was a caregiver for so many years mm -hmm. with, you know, our son. Well, I'm no longer a caregiver. I didn't really know who, I, you know, as a, as a full-time stay-at-home mom, well, all my kids are now out of the home. You know, so all of these things. And I had lost sight, really, of who I was. Mm. And so a big portion of this, this whole course is finding me. Who are we? Yeah. What, you know, and it, it takes reflection and going back in and, and learning and there's guided meditations and there's workbooks to help them go within and feel. And mm -hmm. it's really sometimes very difficult for, for individuals like you and I that didn't want to feel mm -hmm. and to allow ourselves to feel. It mm -hmm. takes some adjustment. And so that is a huge part is just getting to that. And then we get to the actual Kintsuchi experience with the mm -hmm. broken pottery. But then we talk about 
before we can put all the pieces back together, there are other steps that we need to learn along the way. And so that's another fun segment. Yeah, we, we actually have had a lot of fun with this course. Uh, the Finding Me is very reflective, as Annette mentioned there, but we also have another portion of this course. Again, it's, it's about uh, learning who we are internally and what are some of our one of our, what, what are some of our characteristics? What are some of our attributes? And, and whether it's a good attribute or a not a, a good attribute, we learn how to deal with that. We, we use a, a style called the Enneagram. And if you're familiar with the Enneagram there, it's, it's a very valuable tool. And we provide that as part of the course there as well. And the thing that we love about it is that Annette and I are, are, are so different when it comes to styles, but we're very, very alike when it, when it comes to our purpose. But what it allows us to do is uh, I, I know how to deal with Annette and she knows how to deal with me. When I'm having a bad day, she knows what the triggers are. And the same with, with Annette as well. The interesting thing is now we've been married almost 37 years. And when we first took this Enneagram test, a friend invited us to do that. And she, she's a clinical social worker and she had come upon this and she just said, I want you two to, to take it, you know, as, as friends, she just, she goes, I'm fascinated at what this is, how this is helping me in my practice. And so we did. And what it has done for us and our ability to communicate has and understand one another really just in the sense we have done that just blossomed in, in everything. And, And so things that now I understand why certain things that I do kind of drive him crazy and and other things that he does might do the same with me. And instead Mm -hmm. of being frustrated, it's like, Oh, and so it helps us understand ourselves though, as well. Mm -hmm. It understands why when we're in a, in a growth zone or a positive zone, we act one way, but when we're in this stress area, we we're over here. And, and, you know, I, I really like the growth side of me, not so fond of the stress side of me, Mm -hmm. but it gives us those tools to learn Mm -hmm. and to improve and to then embrace every part of us. Yeah. I'm not as familiar with uh, Enneagram. I think I'm at nine, if I remember right. But, um, but I do like that, you know, how you behave in in a healthy way and in a non-healthy way. Our family is more familiar with the Myers-Briggs, which is a little bit more complicated. But that has been so helpful, like you said, in understanding, you know, my husband and I as a couple, but also our teenagers, you know, they all, they're, they really nerd out about it and they've gotten into all these different things. But um, it's easy then to just understand why someone else is responding the way they are, because you go, oh, that person, you know, has this characteristic. And so in, in their mind, that makes sense, even though to me, it sounds crazy because we're, my husband and I are like on opposite corners of the Myers-Briggs. <laughs> so just like you said, you know, we're, we're, we have the same purpose, but God blessed us with different strengths. So um, that's when that's working well, you know, we learn from each other and we can kind of cover all the things when it's not working well, you know, there's friction between us. Cause you know, he wants to get it done quickly and efficiently. And I want to be super thorough and cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And, you know, that leads to frustration. Sounds like, sounds like us. Yeah. <laughs> I may be your husband a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I love about that is I look at the, how beneficial that is for you with teenagers. 
I, I wish we would have had these resources when our, our kids were at home mm. and teenagers, because it really would have, it would have brought clarity into mm-hmm. some of those really confusing things like what, you know, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, where in the where world did you come from? from? Right. And it makes so much sense. And so mm-hmm. there is just that strength and that clarity, but it also helps, you know, just bringing unity and purpose. Mm, yeah. And I love that we don't have to be the same. You and your husband aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Your children aren't the same, but right. we can all have unity of purpose. Right. And I think God made us not the same for a reason. <laughs> I agree. We, we have eight kids. So with 10 people in a house, you just, you can't be selfish. I, I think it's no. just really good character building. And we also learn to, to work with a variety of personality types because whatever kind of personality type there is, it probably is somewhere in our family <laughs> in some measure. Life is definitely not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that probably it. plays into the whole healing process too, and how people interpret their pain and how they deal with it and how they can walk through that healing and experiencing. Exactly. And, and what we really want people to know is there is no right way to heal. Mm-hmm. or wrong way to heal, or grieving. There's no right and wrong. You know, for Mark and I, we grieved very differently. Mm. And for a long time, I thought, what's, you know, why are you in denial? Why are yeah. you, you know, and he thought the same, you know, he thought I was doing it completely wrong. And he thought his way was right. Well, when we understood more clearly, oh, well, this is, the personality type, it made all all the sense mm-hmm. of the world. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wish I would have understood that 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The confusing suddenly becomes clear when you understand it, it, that background. Yeah. And I, you mentioned with raising children too. And with my first son, I was completely overwhelmed, you know, brand new mom, didn't know what I was doing, totally stressed out. You know, I had grown up as this little compliant, sweet girl. And I had this boy that was just strong willed and very adventurous and always doing something crazy that, you know, I just never thought of. And I was so stressed out. And now he's a Marine. Now he's actually on deployment right now in Japan. And I'm like, man, if somebody had just told me back then that I was raising a Marine, I wouldn't have stressed out so much. I would have just gone, oh, it's because he's a Marine. (laughs) But I didn't know that when he was 18 months old. Yeah. And it's, there's just so many things that we can learn from, but look at how that created resilience in you. Mm -hmm. And here you, it didn't, you know, stop you from having seven other children, (laughs) but it helped you to be a better mom. Yeah, definitely. And in understanding and being more flexible with Mm -hmm. those others and realizing they all, I bet they all have different personalities. Oh, yes. Mentioned that, but you know, those those different traits and, Mm -hmm. and like Mark said, you know, we can't, there's no cookie cutter. When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, He will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmyers.me forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own. I'd love to hear you tell the listeners more about the, I love the play on words with, with your website, carrying the load. 
And um, so can you just explain to them, you know, what that is and why that's significant with your ministry and, and what that means? Sure. Thank you. Karen the Load, spelled C-A-I-R-N, Karen the Load, uh, you know, or you could say carrying the load. You know, it's, it's probably all the same thing, but if Annette and I are, are big hikers, we, we live at the base of the uh, Wasatch Mountains in Utah, and uh, we, we love to hike, and we go on hikes every day. In the summertime, we'll go on hikes up in the mountains, and very often we'll be on an unfamiliar trail that we've never been on before. And the wonderful thing about uh, Karen's is that uh, you'll see a Karen. What it is, is it's a, it's a stack of rocks stacked on top of each other. And the purpose of a Karen, which is an ancient symbol, by the way, is this is the right way. This is the path to follow. So if you come to a fork in the road and you're not quite sure which way the path goes or which way the trail should be that you follow, you follow the Karens. And, and so we, we were in the car one day. We were actually going to a funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we were talking about uh, the, the whole idea of, of being able to help other people, but recognizing that our mission was all about helping people to find the trail. Because there are so many trails that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. All you need to simply do is watch the news every evening from one channel to another channel, and you're going to get a totally different trail to follow based upon whatever that particular channel wants you to know. Mm-hmm. Well, life is like that as well. We hear so many people trying to tell us it's this way or this way or this way, but there are some ways that we know that are tried and true. We, we need to recognize that we're not the first people to go along this path. In fact, we've learned over the last couple of years as we've been doing this is that uh, everybody has cracks. Everyone is wondering and wandering sometimes and and not quite sure which direction to take. And so for us, the symbol of the Karen is very important is because it does tell us that someone has been here before and has laid a foundation so that you don't have to learn all by yourself how to navigate through these trials or through this uh, particular difficult time. Yeah, I love that. So, because if you come across stacked rocks in the wilderness, you know, they didn't stack themselves. Animals don't stack rocks. You know, somebody's been here before me. And, um, you know, I think that's so valuable for those of us who have been through these trials and come out the other side to be able to, you know, kind of look at someone who's further down the trail and say, oh, you know, come up this way. This side is easier than that. Or watch out for that pit hole. You know, I fell in that and twisted my ankle. You don't want to do that. Come up this other way, you know. And um, so I love that that symbolism that you guys are using of the Karens. I didn't know that was what they were called until I got in touch with you guys. But um, that's a really beautiful imagery. You know, part of experiences in life, you know, like you said, they're hard, but they teach us things along the way. And so these trails, these we want to mark and offer this trail of hope mm-hmm. that because, you know, someone has come out the other side. Someone has experiences and still has joy. You know, someone, you know, has found that life can be beautiful again. And because I think as when we're in the midst of that, the darkness, and, and we just can't really see, you know, we can't mm-hmm. see and we we're lost a little bit without knowing which way to go. I know for me, I look to people. I look to watch, you know, their 
I don't think they knew that they were creating Karens for me in their, in their journeys of life. Um, But they were. And as we were in the middle of healing um, and we're always healing, right? Mm -hmm. We, We continue to learn and to grow and we heal at a different level. And, but the thing that kept me going when I wanted to stop was that I knew that what I was learning could bless someone else's life and that they could have hope because of my willingness to continue to walk through. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what kept me going. Yeah. And and so we, you know, it's like, how can we share? How can we share what we have learned and offer this hope? And that's, you know, how it came through to Karen DeLode. But, but quickly, just one additional thought to that mm-hmm. is uh, we, we had a little epiphany a year or two ago. We were in San Diego and we were walking along the beach and there was a man there that was building Karen's. And of course, that uh, really intrigued us because of our mission uh, with, uh, with uh, the, the, the Karen's and the stacked rocks there. And he was doing things that seemed to be absolutely impossible. When it came to, I mean, he had a little stone, and then there was probably a fifty-pound rock on top of that. Oh wow! There. And we were that was taller than you know. It was like six feet us. tall. Wow! It was like how? <laughs> and, and we were wondering how how this actually can be done physically. It made no sense to us. Mm-hmm. And he said, in order to understand a Karen, you've got to understand one very important principle. And and he called it uh, the the, uh, the the three points. Three points of contact. Three points of contact. And he said, in, in order to place anything on top of something else, you've got to have those three points of contact. And so we, we played with that. And we, we recognized that really in our lives, the three points of contact that each of us need are physical, emotional, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those that's lacking, it's very difficult to have a balanced life and be able to balance something else on top of that. And, you know, our lives are like that. We have so many more additional weights put on top of one another, and we might not be ready for it. But as long as we have that uh, strong foundation of that mm-hmm. three points of contact, again, uh, physical, emotional, and spiritual, then then we're much more apt to be able to deal with those scars in life. We can withstand the winds that are going to come when you're in balance. When you're not, you know, we're going (laughs) to lean. Yeah. And I, you know, intuitively we know that because I mean, we have, we stand something up on a tripod when we want it to be stable. Um, But I, you know, I hadn't thought of that in the context of, of stacking rocks, nor had I compared that to our life. So that's, really insightful. And I really like what you were saying earlier, Annette, about going through the thing that you're dealing with and walking through that difficult journey of healing, knowing that you can use that to help somebody else. That just elevates the purpose of everything so much. For me, it was the most challenging part about the suffering and the pain that I had was feeling like it was pointless. Like it, like God was just being capricious or, you know, just on a whim doing whatever. Um, and so for me and, and the way I think, the way I process, knowing the purpose behind things was really crucial to me. And of course, you ask God why he does certain things and you don't usually get an answer. <laughs> Just like Job, God showed up. God said a lot of things, but God never answered his questions. But he still said he still worshiped him at the end. It, it was when, you know, there were times I didn't know. Mm-hmm. 
my purpose. Yeah. And that's when I wanted to give up. Mm-hmm. But then I came to feel what my purpose was. And it was, and all of a sudden I had love for others that I hadn't experienced. Mm-hmm. And I knew this is somewhere down the road that I can help. Yeah. I can help minister to someone. I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I just know that I can't quit. Mm-hmm. And and because of that love. And so for us, this is really the stewardship, this mission to offer hope. Mm-hmm. And we're learning along the way. And, and it's really become beautiful, a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm remembering something that you said earlier about the Karens and, you know, being a trail marker and which way to go. And you talked about sometimes we're just, we're in a dark period of life and we can't see which way to go. And and the imagery that came into my head when you were saying that was like fog, you know, the, it's foggy and you can't see ahead. So you, you need to look at this, this Karen, the stack of rocks in front of you. And then I, I just remembered one time our family was going skiing. And so, you know, we were driving up the mountain. It was super foggy and cloudy down below, but you get to a certain altitude and you're above the clouds and the sun was shining. I mean, it was a gorgeous day at the top of the mountain. At the bottom of the mountain, it was cold and dreary and and yuck. And that imagery was something that really helped me a lot on those dark days when I couldn't see where any reason to hope. I would just tell myself the sun's always shining above the clouds. You know, it doesn't stop just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's not shining. And I you know, there obviously that's physically true, but I meant metaphorically of, right. you know, that there, there is something there to hope in, even when I can't see it. Clarity is an important part of our lives. And when I, when I think about clarity, I think of, uh, of, of uh, just what you just said, you know, the, the fogginess, sometimes we self-impose the fog. Sometimes mm-hmm. the fog is placed there because of uh, situations that occur around us. But the, the great, blessing of fog is that it dissipates and we have to find the way to allow that fog to dissipate we can't just sit there there when when our son passed away uh annette uh, came across somebody one day who said uh, you shouldn't be as smiling and laughing you should be grieving right now mm. uh, you shouldn't be this happy because you're experiencing a, a serious loss and and at that point we realized that it was our choice as to how we acted and how we reacted mm-hmm. to, to certain situations in our lives. And, you know, I, you're, you're talking about Job and I think of Jonah, you know, when, when he, uh, you know, we, we think of Jonah and the, and the well, and that's the story that we, re, that we remember from Sunday school and when we were, mm-hmm. when we were children. But as the story goes on, he was called to, to uh, go preach the gospel to the Assyrians. And the, the, the Assyrians were the mortal enemy of, of uh, his people. And he was so upset. He sat up on top of a hill, watch, hoping that that uh, city would be destroy- destroyed. And if you remember, the Lord did answer his question. And the very first, the very last thing that you uh, hear about uh, in the book of Jonah is the Lord saying, Jonah, doest thou well to be angry? Basically saying that, Jonah, you have an option here. You, you can act and react any way you want to here, but it's going to be a product of, of who you want to become as to how you're going to be able to continue to move through your life. And so the fog will always be there, but mm-hmm. the blessing is that uh, the hope 
that we have is that the fog can dissipate through things that we can do ourselves. And one of the things that we try to do through our course is to help people get through that and navigate through the fog that they will have in life. It's not if it comes, it's when it comes. Right. Right. You know, one more thing here with regards to that, we have a gift for, for your listeners and, Mm -hmm. and if they go to carinthelode.com or a a link, you know, C-A-I-R-N-T-H-E-L-O-A-D. It's, it's the finding me workbook. It's, it's free. It's an ebook. It's free to all of your listeners, but it really is just, it's something that is important to, to find who we are inside. Who is our, who are we divinely? Have we lost sight of that? And, and it's okay to spend time to figure out, figure out me. Yeah, I love that. I've already signed up for the book. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I think that's especially important for women and for mothers in particular, not to say that men don't struggle with that, but, and, or, or caregivers of any kind, you know, when, when you're just focused for so long on other people's needs and then you kind of, I, you know, I was pregnant or nursing or both for 14 years. And then I kind of pulled my head out of the clouds when my youngest one turned five and I'm like, where did the last 20 years of my life go? And who am I? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm right. his wife and I'm these people's mom, but who am I? Like if they disappeared, well, what would I even be? Who would I be? And right. I, you know, I really had to struggle and wrestle with that for a while. So I'm looking forward to reading your ebook. I will put the link to that in the show notes so that listeners can okay. click right on that and be carried over to that page where they can sign up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, it has been such a joy talking to you guys. I, We've already shared your your course and your your freebie, your website. Are there other uh, places where people can connect with you that you would like to? We would love people to connect with us and follow us on Instagram at Karen the Load or Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just starting with Pinterest and and um, and other things, but really all social media. But we're trying to create a community here, a community Mm -hmm. of hope a yeah. community of, of people that really are there to inspire one another, to lift one another. And, and so we need, we need, we need you and mm-hmm. we need you to share your thoughts and feelings with us and other things that we can do to help, you know, just on our website and, and really through all our social media, there are so many resources to help mm-hmm. that are free. We also yeah. have a podcast. And we Karen do have our podcast. Well. Sorry, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. And 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 um it's so fun to see to see what's happening. And and last night we were on a walk and we were talking about this and saying, isn't it amazing to see God's hand in this mm-hmm. and to see what's what's happening? Because you know, it, it was it's just been interesting and, and just we're grateful to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, yeah, I get to have great conversations with people who have overcome a lot and have so many wisdom nuggets to share with us. So I, I really enjoy this. I kind of 
accidentally fell into podcasting. I kind of felt like a little nudge from God and I'm like, okay, I have no idea how to do that, but sure. And, uh, but I've discovered that I really, really enjoy it getting to, to hear from all different kinds of people and, and the things that God has taught them and shown them through their trials and through their struggles and, and how we can all work together and help one another. I love this community of hope that you're building. That is so important especially now at this time, you know, there are just a lot of people struggling for a lot of different reasons and we all could use more hope in our lives. So thank you for doing that and for reaching out. And I really hope that um, listeners will click on that link and go and join them and carry on with the discussion. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, it has really been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you for coming on the show and we'll keep in touch. All right. We'll keep Karen. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want.